You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Financial Insights Podcast. I'm joined by some guests today, Steve Jolly, Rob Farmer, Nick Redmond, all advisors at our firm. And we'll get right into the kind of casual Friday conversation that we had today, just kind of about markets generally and some of the questions we're getting from clients. But first, I want to remind you that we're actually having a webinar about Social Security benefits that's going to be on November 18th at 1 o'clock Pacific. We're talking about Social Security benefit collection strategies for couples. Um, it, it Collecting benefits from Social Security is more than just applying for benefits when you're at your full retirement age. We want to have a little bit more planning behind that. And the way we do that is by figuring out what your benefits and your spouse spouse's benefits are and coordinating how you apply for those benefits. And we're going to talk about those strategies in our next webinar. So I will include in the show notes a link to register for our webinar on Wednesday the 18th. Check it out. I think you're going to find it interesting in that there's just a little bit of planning for your Social Security benefits can go a long way. So uh, have a look out for that. But uh, between now and then, give us a listen uh, to, to Steve and Rob and Nick and I all talking about some of the things uh, that we're talking about with clients. A lot of the questions that we're getting these days and how we're addressing those questions, answering those questions and addressing the concerns that we're hearing these days. So uh, have a listen and thanks for listening. Have you what, what kind of questions are you getting from clients these days? We're post-election. Yeah, I'm getting mostly tax questions. What's, okay. what's gonna what's gonna happen for next year? What do I need to do? I need to take advantage of what is probably going to be lower ta- capital or gains rates now, or or what? So, are you getting questions, Nick, about um, taxes because of the election, or is this just normal kind of year in tax? Quality? No, this is this is just because of the election. So, okay. and I got some before the election as people were reaching out and saying. Hey, I understand that Biden wants to raise taxes. What do I have in my taxable account? Should we sell while the while it's low, while the uh, rates are lower, or what do we do? And now I'm kind of uh, with, I guess Georgia's still up in the air. It's still kind of up in the air, so I don't, yeah, I don't right. have a good answer for them yet. But I tell them, you know, by the end of the year, we'll we'll consult with some other tax people we know and all our other resources and and we'll work on a plan. The worry is about capital that. gains then, huh? I've been getting a lot of that too, or not a lot, but the quite, some of the folks that are calling in, I'd say, you know, rather than the day-to-day stuff, but the folks that want to talk to me about investing are, uh, that's on their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just to be clear, kind of what we're the talking about. The election outcome's still on their mind. It's like, yeah. And that's, or maybe that's where I go with it. I'm like, you know, look, it's not a fait complete yet. Right. You know, it sure looks like it, but we still have some time. So it's kind of the same thing. Well, just to be clear for people who are listening, who don't know what we're talking about there, the discussion has or um, in the campaign was essentially um, that capital gains tax rates could move up to the income tax rate. And right now it's a, you know, we're generalizing, but about half. So when you sell an investment at a gain, you're going to pay taxes on it, but it's a lower rate than whatever your income tax rate is. And there's a worry that that's going to go higher, right? Um, On the long-term gains, though, we should specify. 
Yes, mm-hmm. long-term games, right. not short-term games. That's right. a very good question. Short-term. Um, and so, so that's not happened yet. I don't even know. You know, there's. I've even read some stuff that that suggests that even if they're talking about raising taxes, or even able to, if Democrats are able to take the Senate, um, that 2021 may not be the year that they actually do it. That, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, I was on a call with one of our wholesale um, mutual fund partners, and that's what they said. They probably figured 2022 is when those would be enacted. And that are. makes a lot of sense because on the one side of the government, to you know, one and a half sides of the government, you've got the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, you know, pumping money into the system because of the COVID. And it's like when you raise taxes, you know, that's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Right. To what you're trying to do to keep the economy going if you're going to suck out more people's income at a time when they need it the most. Yeah, raising taxes in a recession is pretty counterproductive. Right. Right. But it is 2020. Yeah. Right. So every, <laughs> everything comes with that caveat, right? Yeah. Rob, what are you are you getting tax questions too, Rob? Or, or what are you what are you hearing from people? Uh, yeah, we are definitely getting the should I sell now and, and buy it back and you know pay my taxes now and then still own it, but have a new talk tax base and i'm like yeah. Yeah, i don't think that's a smart idea at any time any, any taxes. roth conversion questions you know if we're talking about talk taxes sometimes we roth conversions come up where someone wants to pay the taxes on their ira and shove it into a roth right right i was getting yeah, more, i have been doing a few of those have you steve mm-hmm. you too yeah well i was getting more of the the roth and i was actually proactively looking for it back in the spring you know march april when the market dipped yes which uh you know my opinion on that was that's like a gimme or a free i mean it almost if the market was down 35 percent, i mean most of our accounts weren't down that much because we're you know we're diversified but sure. anyway let's just say it's down 35 percent, and you convert which by the time you pay your taxes let's just say it's going to cost about 35%. So it was kind of a wash there where the market dropped, almost paid your taxes. Right. And so I was really looking at that more in the spring, but boy, if you didn't have it teed up, because as we all know now in hindsight, the markets recovered, <laughs> yeah. that 35% and that opportunity was very narrow. Yeah. I'll say, you know, that that dip give did give that short, short window to do something like a Roth conversion. But I, I still, it's nice that that window was so short, not just because everybody, many people have recovered and are back above the break even point, but it didn't give anybody enough time to freak out. Yeah, if you were freaking true. out, it was already too late. <laughs> you know, we were three weeks in, you you couldn't run for the hills at that point. And so, I think everybody was forced to stick to their guns and therefore are, are probably pretty close to break even as long as they didn't do anything silly in the first quarter or beginning of the second quarter this year. Which might make us, you know, after 08, 09, um, after what was it, December of 18, um, this last spring, like you just mentioned, we've seen some of these, you know, 20% plus declines and then rebounds. And maybe that makes us better investors in the long run. Because instead of just relying on faith, we've actually perhaps lived through it. Yeah, well, it reinforces that notion that you can't panic, right? If Mm -hmm. anybody learned anything from 08, if you panicked, you were screwed. It took you multiple years to get back to break even. If you stuck with things, you know, it was much less time to get back to break even. Same was true of end of 18. Same is true of this spring, you know. Especially when you have, you know, call it worldwide you know, economic events that cause a decline like that, because 
everybody's on the same subway. And so if you get off that subway train and get on the platform and the world comes together to fix, you know, the problem and the subway starts to take off again, everybody else that didn't get off is on their way again. And, you know, it's pretty difficult to chase the subway once it starts moving. Well, speaking of which it, um, they're going to come help the train if it stops, if everybody's on. <laughs> right, right. Right. Well, the, the, with the election being so polarized, you know, you talk with clients and they are either terrified of one candidate or terrified of the other candidate, but the, what's uniform is fear, right? <sighs> Democrats are fearful of Trump. Republicans are fearful of Biden. Anybody have any calls or talk with clients who wanted to go to cash right before, or right after the election? I didn't have to deal with that this time. I dealt with that in, in the 16 cycle and okay. it did not work out for him. And no, so I I kinda, yeah. I kind of tell that story for anyone who does bring it up, but well, and there's an old, there, I mean, it's not an old saying there's it, it's true where if you missed like the top five days in mm. an investing mm -hmm. year, right. You miss out on a tremendous amount of gain. And right, I think right. anybody who went to cash as a result of the election or just before the election missed that huge run. Right. Right. Because we and, went on this tear right after the election. Yeah. And we did a good job, I think, with that seminar that we did. And I went through that seminar with people who weren't able to join it uh, just in, in regular meetings and, and kind of said, this is, you know, we, we go through this every at least every four years, sometimes every two years, depending on the midterm to, to stay in the market. That's your best bet. You know, right. we can we can make small tweaks here and there, but, but going to cash because of a because of an election has not worked out well yeah and nick i have to agree with that i'm to pat ourselves on the back i mean we were <laughs> right. forward thinking about this you know even before the covid lockdown you know in january february we were already talking about the seminar and prepping for what what could come our way and i was already telling folks get ready for more volatility you know and i was saying because of the election Little did we realize, you know, the pandemic would dwarf, perhaps. That's why we didn't get as many, you know, concerned clients yeah, this yeah. year heading into the election is the pandemic perhaps dwarfed everything else. Well, I'll tell you one of the one of the questions that, you know, you get it at the end of every year, or the beginning of every year. And so I'm starting to get more and more of these is the question of, OK, this has been nuts, but we are we only have six weeks left in 2020. What does 2021 look like? Post-election kind of vaccine seems to be on the horizon. Rob, what are you telling people? You know, we'll do, we're going to do an Outlook episode of the podcast. So, you know, don't tip your hand too much. But as people are starting to kind of prod a little bit and, and ask, you know, what does the next 12 months hold? What, what, are, you, what are you telling your people, Rob? Uh, well, I'm telling them that, you know, as, as long as this election kind of goes through, and uh, the vaccine starts to come out. But, you know, the way they keep pumping up that vaccine, it sounds like it's going to come out almost before you're in, which I think we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, but I think the economy, if they get the vaccine out, should hold steady. Yeah. And I, I'd stay invested. Rob, or I mean, Steve, well, any, you get fielding any of these questions? In the yes, kind for of sure. questions. Part of the thing I know, you know, we talk a little bit about, about, about the past and then talk about the election, um, regardless, you know, it's all still up in the air, but regardless, it, going back to our seminar, for example, the election, regardless which party wins, the markets tend to do just fine. Thank you. 
yeah. over time. Even if one party remains in control, it there's tends to be a balance of power. If not now, then the next two years. But then, um, as far as the COVID goes, man, even if we had the vaccine today, by the time you can implement that, it's my understanding that not only would you have to inoculate everybody, but then you need testing still to know the efficacy rate. And if it's ninety percent, that's fantastic because most viruses, you know, here I go becoming a, what do they call it now? A expert <laughs> epidemiologist. epidemiologist yeah. right? I mean, I didn't even stay at a hotel, you know, whatever <laughs> hotel in last night, whatever, Hampton holiday in. Here we go. But, um, you know, <laughs> the efficacy rate, if it's 50%, you know, that still leaves 50 not. And then is it going to be a cocktail? And then you have to go back and administer, you know, another blend because one of the things I've seen so far with COVID, it, seems like it affects different people differently. Some, you know, are in and out within three days and some after three weeks are still coughing and, well, you know. And uh, the, this vaccine terror. stuff is, is, comes down to a bit of a confidence game, right? Because we can open every movie theater and every baseball stadium, but if no one has the confidence to be able to go and not get sick and even perhaps die, then you can open up as much as you want of the economy. People aren't gonna go do it. Um, but I'll say, even though you know the public health issue took us into the recession that we were in this year, but LPL research has said this as well, what comes after recessions is recoveries. And so we are already seeing that recovery start to take place. We're seeing the unemployment rate begin to drop as economies kind of open. It will be helped along by the vaccine in whatever form it takes, whether it's some sub-zero thing from Pfizer or a therapeutic solution from Eli Lilly or whoever it is that that's kind of helping that confidence game move forward. And then on top of that, we're probably going to get another stimulus package from Congress at some point, whether it's this Congress or the one that gets uh, installed in January. And then the Federal Reserve is committed to low interest rates for years. That kind of sets the stage for a pretty solid rebound next year, wouldn't you think, with low rates, stimulus, and the natural kind of kind of uh, pendulum swing to the other direction coming out of a recession? Yeah, when you put all three of those things together, that's a... Uh nitroglycerin case. yeah full yeah. throttle go we're even seeing some of that from small caps i think you know mm -hmm. how they've really shot higher so i don't know i, I mean that's that's it, kind it of also brian that also could be a catalyst um not to get too much in the weeds but we've seen these growth stocks outperform value stocks mm -hmm. you know by one of the widest margins you know for the longest period of time in a long time and when we saw that Pfizer announcement um, about a possible vaccine, we perhaps we saw a glimpse of some of the more nuts and bolts, you know, kind of the blue collar stocks, financials, you know, that have been on the mat, um, you know, take playing second fiddle to your technology names, your stay at home stuff, right, um, start to come back a little bit. And so, you know, we as investors or uh, financial advisors need to be aware you know, that, that the market that we've been in, you know, may even be changing, you know, as we do recover. Right. Nothing stays the same mm -hmm. ever. So you can't look back on the last five years of investing kind of and say, oh, well, the next five years is going to be like the last five years, because you can almost be assured that it will not be. Yeah. Correct. Right. Especially right. post COVID, post election, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Yeah, that really the uh, work from home versus return to work uh, kind of stock baskets that they're that they're looking at. Was, 
that could be a big divergence. Yeah. 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 Restaurant companies may do a little better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in our offices yesterday and, uh, you know, you have four, four story buildings in Fresno. That's a big, that's a big, uh, commercial building. Space, yeah. And, you know, it's pretty vacant and, you know, the restaurants in Fig Garden Village and surrounding area, of course, are suffering. So if we sure. can all come back to work, of course, it'll be interesting to see from a court, but just so we can, we'll kind of wrap this up here, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you, you get a lot of um, commentary about, Oh, how commercial space is dead and offices are going to be downsizing and it's not happening right now. Um, but it's also because any commercial space has some sort of long-term lease. So I'll be curious to see what goes on with office buildings like ours or even bigger ones in, in major uh, metropolitan areas five years from now when those leases are up, but people are still working from home a few days a week. What is it? Does everything turn into a WeWork kind of situation, you know, where people come and go or, or is everybody going to get back to normal? I don't, I don't think there's any way to predict that at this point, but it'll be. The one, the one takeaway that I have through this whole COVID thing is the, how remarkable it is to me, the resiliency of mankind, you know, and the ability for businesses and people to adapt to the environment that was given them, you know, whether it be outside seating in restaurants, um, you know, some of the unique things we saw just amazed me how well, you know, whether, where there's a will, it will be done. Yeah. Schools teaching yeah. remotely, you know, right. I mean, it's, it certainly is subpar and I don't, and I'm not even blaming the schools. It's just like, it's not yeah. an optimal situation. And so it's going to be interesting to see. I think some of this crystallizes the stuff that we didn't need to do in person with one another, not just related to finance, but just kind of generally where we can say, Oh, well, we don't need to do that stuff in person anymore. We can save time on that. And then the stuff we do need to be, do in person, we value more than we ever did. We, we took it for granted being able to hang out with your friends and go have a beer or a cup of coffee. Right. Those are the things that can't be done by Zoom and we might value a little bit more. Whereas grocery shopping, ah, you can pull up to Walmart and use the app. And, you know, it, it, it is it is separating the necessary from the unnecessary in terms of what we're doing in person. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this next couple of years. Um, let's leave it right there so we don't go on too long today. I appreciate you guys jumping on and doing kind of a casual Friday, shoot the breeze on, on the investment stuff. We'll have to do it again. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. See you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Good weekend. Yeah. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.